Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody to the hockey think tank podcast brought to you by the hockey think tank.com a website for all players parents and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet what an episode we have for you guys here today we are bringing on the third time she's been on the podcast Alyssa Gallardi, little bit of her background. She played prep hockey at Shattuck St. Mary's. Ever heard of it? Uh, before going on to be an absolute stud defenseman at Cornell University. Ever heard of it? Uh, then she went on to go play in the NWHL for the Boston Pride for a lot of years, won championship there. Uh, she's playing in the PWHPA, which is the Women's Professional League as well. Now she's gotten into player development. She worked with the Maine Mariners East Coast Hockey League, Newman College, and also had uh, an internship with the Boston Bruins this year. Uh, she is an absolute stud. Gags, really, really, really smart hockey mind. And we are talking all about D development today. She was an absolute stud defenseman back in the day. So uh, we learned a lot from this one. We think you guys are going to learn a lot from this one before we do get over to Gags. So let's bring on the talent of the podcast. Got an old school kind of retro St. Louis blues hat on right now. Jeffrey Lavecchio. Vex, what's up, man? Yeah, you like that hat, don't you? That's pretty sick, it's huh? Good. Yeah. I do like that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, man, I'm doing really well. I am uh, really excited. I just announced today that I'll be uh, working with the Boston Hockey Academy Dukes uh, this offseason and next season uh, helping, oh, really? them with, uh, helping them with their off-ice training. Were you talking so, to Nate Bostic? Yes, I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell yeah, him I say hi next time. Uh, yeah, I will for sure. Good, I'll text him uh, right when we're done with this podcast uh yeah great guy so super excited about that um love helping these teams save a ton of money and get actual quality training that's going to help all their players year round so that was really excited me getting getting you know a bunch more teams that i'll be able to uh positively influence so stoked man stoked there you go there you go yeah. well, this is a really fun conversation i feel like it's been a bit since we've had like a really in-depth hockey conversation yeah dude this got nerdy in the best ways and i loved it like i loved <laughs> but i loved it like uh, you know when we start talking like chess versus checkers and like these little deceptive things that she started talking about you know 10 minutes in like at the end of my career i loved that stuff I, like i loved all those little things uh people weren't like talking about those like openly uh, uh, when we were younger and like that stuff is so fun for me. Like, okay, I know what you're thinking and you know, you know what I want to do. Now I got to try and fake you out. So you don't know what I want to do that. I know that, you know, that you want to do what I know. You know what I mean? Like that stuff. I love that stuff. I love that, that deception stuff. You know, that I know that I know that, you know, it's the game within the game, <laughs> within the game. Well, the game is all about 
defensively trying to take away time and space and offensively trying to create it. So just that little game between two people to try and manipulate uh, the situation in your favor. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of what the game is. And and then using little habits and little skills to be able to do those kinds of things as you're making your read and trying to manipulate the play. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, this was, this is a good one with a lot of that kind of talk in it. So yeah, it's cool. the, the hockey coaches that love the intricacies of the game, I think are really going to enjoy this one. Hell yeah. She's a great speaker too. Great speaker. Dude, she's a stud. No, I know. But like, I'm, I'm always really impressed because like, I just, you know, deal with a lot of kids and younger people and I'm always at the rink. So I'm always talking to kids too. And man, like a lot of them just look down all the time when they speak, they, they, they stutter now, like they're, they're uncomfortable. So anytime I come across somebody who's like very good speaker, I'm just, I'm, I'm wowed by that. It's really impressive to me. It's it's also like we talk about confidence, like that's a confidence building thing when yeah. you can have confidence in your speaking abilities. Um, like you see people who develop that trait where they're a little bit more comfortable in, in speaking and not even necessarily in big groups, but just speaking. And then like all of a sudden their posture is a little bit better. You know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. eye contact's a little bit better. And then all of a sudden that person has a little bit more confidence in themselves as a whole. And it goes a long way. Like it's a big life life skill trait that can lead to a lot of good things. And from a leadership standpoint, whether coach leader, parent leader, player leader, you know, like when you can speak well and get your point across in ways that, that people, you know, uh, um, they, they feel what you're saying. They believe what you're saying. They're, they're impressed by your speech. Like you're, I'm, you're going to get more buy-in, you know, like sure. there's no doubt you're going to be able to get more buy-in if you're the captain of the team and you're not stuttering all over the place. You're not looking down at the ground. Like you're able to like really get your point across and get everyone on your side. It's just going to help from a leadership standpoint too. For sure. For sure. No, this was uh, this was an awesome conversation in so many different ways. Uh, so let's get over to the conversation before we do. Let's thank a few people that uh, we thank every episode because we are so appreciative of their support. First is Gel Sticks, which is an unbelievable weighted training stick company. Go to gelsticks.com, G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Use the coupon code THINKTANK, one word, and you can get a discount on weighted training, not only hockey sticks, but also getting to be lacrosse season. Already is lacrosse season. You do it with lacrosse sticks and golf clubs not sticks golf clubs and so uh awesome awesome company awesome awesome people running that company so um go to gel6.com get your discount today jeffrey go ahead let's go train heroic that's where i train all the teams organizations individuals i got programs for off season i write programs based off of your team's uh weekly energy demands in season specified to your team also mom dad coaches be the light. Show them what's up. Join my me team. It's called Good More, Be More team. It's my own workouts. Again, the best shape of your life. You look hot AF for summer. What's up? Hot dad summer, hot mom summer. Also want to thank Cured Nutrition CBD company I'm with. If you guys want to try some CBD best on the market, I take it twice a day. Any questions, DM me at hotguy at jefflevecchio.com. Or that's not that's not a real website. Uh, at jefflevecchio on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, email me at hotguy.notooth.tat. <laughs> The oh, idiot. What idiot. I was dot, trying. I was slower, man. Hey, I was net. buzzing. I was buzzing though. And then I just lost it at the end. I wanted to tell you like we Where you? earlier. Anyways, my cured nutrition code discount is uh GMBM, obviously. It is obvious. 
exactly <laughs> seven different kinds of smoke. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Also, thank you to icehockeysystems.com. These guys are the best. Unbelievable website for all your coaching education needs. Uh, thousands of drills, whiteboard explanations. And uh, we have teamed up with them for an associations platform. We can get this for all of the coaches within your organizations where you can take all your black practice plans, put them in files, save them, store them, send them out to all the coaches, send them out to your players, send them out to your parents. So they know what's going on before practice. Um, and uh, just an unbelievable tool for, for any organization out there. So uh, also get uh, access to the hockey think tank parent survival guide with that. So not only is this benefiting your coaches, um, but it will also benefit your parents as well as they're going through the crazy, 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 crazy youth hockey journey. So, um, awesome, awesome, awesome website. Thank you so much to everybody that continues to tune in every week. We so appreciate your support. If you can, please share us with your communities. If you think what we're doing is uh, helping out the hockey world in any way, um, whether that's sharing it on social media, sharing it on, um, uh, emails or Facebook groups, whatever it may be. Uh, we would really appreciate that. We just want to make a positive impact on the hockey world. And if you can help share the word, if you think what we're doing is doing that, we would really, really appreciate that. So thank you guys so much. So appreciate it. You're really going to love this episode. So without further ado, here we go. D development with Alyssa Gillardi. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are so excited to have back on this episode of the podcast for round three. We got Alyssa Gallardi. Gags, how are we doing today? Great, great. Thanks for having me on. Good to be back. Yes. She, she's got to be like, how many other people have actually we had on three times? Maybe like one or two? I was on mute. Um, Nar and the Dunkin' Donuts man himself. Yeah. Adam Nicholas. Bob Mancini's times two. Times two, but not times, times two, three. not three. We've had, we've had a few times Love twos. Mm. Kaner. Kaner was times two. Um, wow, you are an elite company. I, I feel go. honored. Yeah, that was funny because those are all the guys that I like. Uh, definitely enjoy following. And obviously, they have a ton of experience. So I always enjoy uh, listening to those ones when you guys have them on. And um, the one with the Winnipeg Scout recently was really great. I just listened to that one the other day. So um, a lot of good stuff you guys have going Way to pump the show's tires. We love when guests do that. Thank you. You know, there's nothing uh, Jeff loves more. The other day, and they asked what what hockey podcast I listened to, and Hockey Think Tank. There There we go. Yeah, shout out. Old Cornell. Good old Cornell. You're outnumbered on this one. I was outnumbered with the Western people a couple podcasts ago with Rennie, and uh, now you're outnumbered, Jeffrey. Yeah, Cornell, I get it. All right, the best thing to come out of Dwayne, out of Cornell, is the Nard Dog. Right, we all know I, that. I will not, yeah, dispute that. Of course it is. Hundred percent. Of course it is. Also, Gags before was saying that she's using the GMBM workouts on the train. Yeah, program. let's go. Yeah. How are like, they? Pretty much a year now. Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, you feel like kind of like an athlete again, challenging yourself. Yeah, that was like the big thing for me is like you finish playing and you're kind of like, you know, you're still working out. You like doing all that stuff, but you're just a little aimless. And I was probably doing like the same like three workouts every week for like months. And I was just so bored and over it. And uh, saw you promoting that. And 
um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great fun change of pace and keep it fresh and everything like that. So yeah, pump your Ooh. pump the GMB more GMBM tires. Hell yeah, Toph, get on the workouts, bro. Oh yeah, I'm on it. Come on, baby. <laughs> I am. On Let's it. go. Let's optimize that bod. This bot is optimized. <laughs> Optimization. Optimization it's op- complete. It's opposite day. <laughs> you remember that? Remember we used to say that when we were younger? Oh, uh, younger? Bro, I've used that twice this week. <laughs> I've literally used it twice this week on some of my junior and college guys. So, uh, yeah, I love how you say younger. Classic. It never gets old. I can see Vex going up to one of his younger guys in the gym being like, hey, man, you look really huge today <laughs> on opposite day. No, it's when they chirp me. It's when they chirp me. I turn it right back around. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally on opposite day. <laughs> I'm like, what? You can't get me. You cannot get me. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. All right. So let's get right into it here, Gags. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I, I feel like we get a lot of questions, a lot of hockey questions, and um, especially about like defensemen. You know, and and it's such a hot topic, I feel like, right now, because the game is changing so much, where it's a five-man unit instead of three forwards and two D, where the D are always up in the play, the D are in the O zone, you know, expected to to skate and be a part of the offense and be a part of the structure, not just standing up at the blue lines, right? So um, knowing you as well as I have and talking hockey with you as much as as we've talked hockey, like I think this is just like the perfect conversation to have with you about how do you develop defensemen? And you got the chance to work with the main Mariners in the East coast league this year and doing a lot of different skill work with them. And, and so uh, I just want to dive right in right away. And, and the first question I have for you gags is like, you know, especially at the pro level, um, but you see this at the youth level and a lot of different levels, right? Like very little time gets kind of, allotted for purely skill work especially in the in the off season you, you can but during the season it's a lot of you know team play uh you know the players are, are tired because it could be a grueling season so a lot of times the skill stuff is kind of what gets put off to the wayside so how people can make up for that is they'll do a lot of video work with uh with their players and i think for defensemen doing video can be so 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 beneficial with how the game is changing right and so the first question that I have for you is like, how do you go about your process with watching video with players and then like watching as much video as I know you do, what's maybe one or two things. We'll, we'll start with one or two things that you see in defensemen nowadays that you think is really helping <laughs> with the, with the development of the defenseman. And then we'll go to kind of like some of the things that you see that maybe the D that you see nowadays can, can get better at. Yeah, no, I, I think to that first point, like video is huge. But to your to, to your point, um, ice time is just, it's hard even with, you know, I coached with Newman University men's team this year as an assistant coach and kind of oversee D development. You're even, you know, practicing four or five days a week, you know, as a college program, but you still, it's hard to fit in skill work sometimes, some weeks and things like that. And so you really rely on video at at all the levels just to, um, you know, find players' habits and, and really kind of highlight, you know, what are their strengths that we can kind of build on. I think at at any point of development, no matter what the position, you're trying to understand the tools in a player's toolbox and um, and their habits and the way they kind of see the game and think the game. And, okay, like, how can we build on that to add another layer to, to the tools you already have? And um, kind of going back to your question there, I think, you know, one of the things – 
the the five man in the ozone, I think it's so spot on is that's the norm now is um, D have to be able to, to rotate and jump in the rush and um, be offensive. Like, I think there's, there's no better example than the other night, John Tavares overtime winner, like who's in front of the net is Morgan Riley. And if you go back and watch that kind of whole sequence leading up to that goal, um, Morgan Riley's below the top of the circles, like 20 of the 25 seconds that that pucks in the zone. Um, so it's, you know, you see the end part where, you know, Tavares makes a move and, and gets a good bounce and, and Riley's in front, but he was kind of hovering around the whole time and he dives down at the right time and draws coverage with him, um, to open up that space for Tavares. So I just think that's a, a really perfect example of where, um, you know, defensive development is at where, you know, not every player needs to be, um, that offensive. Like, you know, you had, you know, Seamus Casey and Luke Hughes, like they're different defensemen, but they have, um, similar habits and abilities to, um, you know, kill the rush early, stop, stop opportunities from even getting into to their zone because of how they defend so early. They're defending in the O zone, um, as soon as the puck transitions and, and changes possession. So I think that's the biggest thing, um, I think in terms of a mindset with development and, and where you see it going is like how early can you defend a play so that you don't even have to defend in your zone um, nearly as much. And I think that's kind of one of the big things that's that's continuing to evolve with the the defensive side. I love that. I love that you say that because it's so true. Like so much of even like, let's go to analytics. You you look at how much time are you spending with possession in, in the offensive zone and how much time are you spending defending in your defensive zone? And so many coaches are looking at that, like, like it's gold. <laughs> and so how do you defend less in your zone? You don't let the other team in your zone. Right. So you talked about habits a little bit earlier and you talk about killing plays quick, you know, in the neutral zone or on the rush, what are some habits that you think are really important to teach some of these young defensemen about defending quickly, about defending in the rush, killing plays quickly? Yeah. One of the the things that I really kind of like looking at is like, you know, if our team has the possession in the offensive zone. Like, how can we shrink the zone before, you know, so if we lose possession in the quarter battle in the O zone, D coming down and shrinking the zone where you're basically already on top of that winger on the other team. So that they get the puck, like, where are they going to go with it? Um, so I think recognizing when that when that's the right play to make to to sink down and, you know, you've got the support and things like that. And you can basically kind of create that swarm in the ozone where, you know, they win possession. Like, where are they going to go with it? Um, you know, with Newman, we call it like building a forest, right? Like make it really hard for them to get out of that. And um, and so I think that's one just that's kind of a read. And then in terms of habits, um, you know, a lot of emphasis now is on defending skating forward. Like as D, you don't need to just back up and take a rush as much um you know, every single time, like I think maybe we were taught growing up of just, you know, okay, get to the dot and just back up and um, kind of defend that way. So much of it is, you know, attack angles where you're, you're attacking uh, the puck carrier on, on the right angle with a good stick and body positioning and, and trying to basically stop them before they get to the next line, whether it's the red line or the, you know, their offensive blue line or things like that. And um, so much of that just comes with the skating ability to be able to angle defense skating forward, matching speed and, and the stick positioning and body positioning to, to basically make it so the puck carrier has no options or, or very few options to make that next play. I like what you said about like the swarm and like creating the forest and stuff like that. When you're talking with defensemen, do you have uh, like, like tells or like uh, uh, a, 
a signal where it's like go like to to go down like a player turns her back to the to the play or is there any kind of like tell that that you could any d man listening to this it's like oh when you look when you see this you can jump you can close that gap you can get closer or do you have anything like that like any tricks or hints or anything um yeah i, I stay away from saying always never just because i think right, there's right. so much uh context but i think you know anytime um, you know, a bobbled puck or things like that, 50, 50 races. I think the first thing you got to do is, is make sure you have the support. Like if you're going to pinch, you've got to make sure you have that, you know, F3 coming back or your D support. Um, and then I think, yeah, I think there's definitely some triggers and things like that, whether the guy you said, you know, turns his back so he can't see the middle of the ice to see what his options are. Um, that's a time to pressure, right? Like he doesn't know his outs or he's going to have to panic and throw it, or at least you can force a stop. Um, when he's in those positions, but I think those, yeah, those 50, 50 kind of bobbled pucks are um, usually a green light that, Hey, go pressure. Cause they don't have full possession. So if we can continue to make it a 50, 50 puck um, or create a turnover, because again, they don't have that full possession. They don't know their outs. Um, I think that's usually a good time to, to kind of jump and at least close the gap or, or hopefully force a stop. I love that for, for the parents listening and, and the players listening and obviously the coaches too, like what she's saying, like with the trigger, that's the word I couldn't find there. Been a long day. Um, you know, you see that player turn their back and, and as a defensive player, like it, as soon as they turn their back and they're puck watching, they have no idea where you are. Right. So like, this is like why Scott Stevens used to like murder guys. As soon as he would see them looking the other way, he would start to get a little closer, close that gap, close that gap. They would get the puck turn and Oh my God, you're dead. You are, not living anymore for the rest of the game and so you know you can think of that kind of um scenario all over the ice and when we talk about hockey iq and and you know becoming a smarter player like like rob shrimp said this on our podcast and i I was like oh my god how did i never think of this he said as a power play guy he would always look at the the penalty kill uh forwards toe caps on his skates to decide because whichever way is he's trying to manipulate his toe caps. And when he turns them a certain way, he knows that he's got like the angle downhill towards the net. We can think that same thing on the flip side as a defensive player, when they turn their toe caps away from you, they don't know where you are. So you can close that gap is what she's saying. Most of the time, obviously context matters. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's such a great point too, about um, it goes both ways. Like it's just, it's like a game of chess, right? Like, Forwards are trying to exploit one thing defensively, you know, and, and the thing is too, right? Like when the other team has a puck, you're all five of your guys are on defense. So, um, you know, what can you do to, it's all about just controlling space and limiting time and space defensively and, and trying to figure out how you can regain possession as quickly as possible. So obviously you got to work as a unit to do that. But I think to your point, it's, it's understanding what the offense is trying to do too, right? You know, off the forwards trying to get the middle ice. Right. That's what everyone, you know, you're trying to get the middle ice to open your options. So what can you do proactively before they even get possession of the puck to make sure that you're steering them to the outside? That's so cool. There you go, Vex. Um, all right. Let me go back just a tad um, from one of the things that you talked about uh, a little bit earlier. And then I actually, you know, you talk about Scott Stevens. I want to ask you, did you see the Jacob Truba hit Vex? Yeah, I did. Gags, did you see that? Yeah. I thought, right. I thought for sure he was out for the series, but he was almost a maybe to play tonight. Meyer. Yeah. So I yeah. guess it's not as bad as they thought, but I was like, oh my God, he died. He did, got did, murdered. Did you guys think clean or dirty? Clean. Yeah. I think yeah. clean. 
Yeah, I don't know. So, it kind yeah. of did seem like a headshot, but I don't. It, it was happened so fast, like. I mean, I. I I saw an article that was like, what was it? Oh man, I took a screenshot of it. I don't have my phone on me right now, but it was something of like, to the effect of like, yeah, it was a legal hit, but it wasn't clean. And I was like, hmm. I'm like, those, those were like the hits that when we were growing up, that, that was Scott, like Scott Stevens couldn't play today. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Like, yeah. Canceled out of the league. By the media. <laughs> but it, some of like, his hits, he did hit guys only in the head hey, when they were standing tall. There's some kind of stat. No, I, I disagree because there's some kind of stat that I heard at some. I can't remember what it was. He only took like five elbowing penalties in his entire career. Yeah, but at, they didn't call elbowing penalties back then. Like they, nobody got elbowing penalties. Like his hit to Korea where he knocked him out. Korea came back and winds up scoring. Like for sure, he hit him just in the dome. But back then, that was legal. But I'm saying now, not legal. Was that just to? Was the Korea hit to the I, head? That was a I clean hit. I watched it recently. I thought, no, that's one that was late. And I thought he got him only in the dome. Mm, I could be I wrong, so. but I, th- I watched it was a little, it was his... a little bit late, but either yeah. way, but either, Eggs, either you thought way. it was a clean hit too. Yeah. I mean, obviously you didn't like see a guy go down like that, but I think like kind of coming down the middle with your head down a little, or just a bobble pop or whatever. So yeah. head was down Johnny. Well, so. <laughs> yeah. Get out of trees way, man. <laughs> 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 you got it yes i love it uh mystery alaska thank you very much Boom. um okay so guys getting back to this conversation i think one of the biggest premiums if you want to be a defenseman at the higher levels in today's game is you have to be able to skate and you you talked about how defensemen are defending so much more skating forwards nowadays rather than taking a rush skating backwards. So I wanted to ask you as a D development coach, like what are some little things, what are some habits that kids need to work on in today's game to be able to work on their skating while defending? Yeah, I think obviously any kind of, you know, footwork and transition, I think so much, you know, like remember we were growing up and you do like one-on-one, like full ice one-on-ones drills and like that's just not like I don't know I don't know if people still do anymore hopefully not really um but I think there's you know I think uh being able to kind of find those um angles with your skating um to steer like I think so much of it comes down to to the ability to kind of um match speed at the right angle obviously again you take the wrong angle you're giving up the middle or you know you're just gonna get burned and so I think being able to to kind of create opportunities even in practice where D are put in a position where, where they've got to try and, you know, angle forward and kind of close off and whether it's a hit and pin or whatever to separate the player from the puck. And um, I think being able to do that is, is so crucial again, so you can kind of stop a play in the neutral zone um, versus again, having to defend all the way back uh, 200 feet in your own end. So I think that's a big one. And I think obviously, you know, pivots and you still need that backwards lateral mobility and uh, things like that to, to be able to close um, going backwards as well and, and being able to to do that. And I think so much of it, yes, like it's the footwork, but the stick positioning I think is just so huge. And um, again, watching some video the other day and, you know, the D stick is just, you know, he's, it's too far ahead of the play. So he's giving up the middle. Um, and then the flip side of that, like I saw a great clip of um, Seamus Casey, like he just angles off skating forward, right? Takes one pivot step and, takes away the middle and then it's stick on puck, hit and pin, change of possession, right? So I think it's being able to to have that habit of 
stick on puck after you've taken away the middle, not just jump into that right away where you maybe expose yourself. Um, it's, it's again, limit the opportunity and then close off. Nice. It, like, how about like you, you talked about footwork quite a bit there. You talked about pivoting quite a bit there. Like what are some maybe key words or what are some habits when you're working with their defensemen on their footwork um, that you work with them? Because I mean, that's a, that's a skill and an art that I feel like not many defensemen are, are efficient with. You hear a lot of D coaches talk about efficient footwork, efficient footwork, efficient footwork. Like what does that mean to you? And what are some things that you can teach? What are some habits that you think are important when you talk about efficient footwork with, with a defenseman? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind first and foremost is just like having the balance and the stability when you're um, you know, any kind of footwork you're working on, whether you're a forward or a defenseman. But I think, you know, especially defensemen going backwards, you know, say it's a, a backwards and you're trying to pivot and open up to go forwards is, is just making sure that that pivot is you're really loading up on that one leg to open your hips and, and pivot forward and, and try and do it in the least amount of strides as possible. I think at the younger ages, you sometimes see kids and they pivot. It's like step, 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 and, and trying to get going again. And I think being able to, be efficient with your skating, I think is just kind of real mark of a high level defenseman, um, you know, in, in terms of changing directions and not needing a bunch of these little steps to maybe get going forward or backwards or backwards to forwards. I think being able to be in control of, you know, your shoulders, hips and core and, and be able to change direction with those kind of like open your hips and get that step. I think, um, you know, being in Carolina, I, I think Jacob Slavin is just so phenomenal, phenomenal at it. He doesn't, he doesn't get a lot of attention being in, in that market necessarily, but um, like he just has this like one big open hip, open hip uh, pivot step and he is full speed. Like it just takes him one step. And I think that efficiency um, and just, again, that kind of balance and, and being able to change directions really um with stability, I think is just so crucial for, for kids of, especially at the younger ages to focus on, because then that's your base as you move up, right. Versus trying to fix that at 15, 16, 17, 18. I love that. I love that so much. I feel like two, two of the biggest kind of mistakes that I, I see, especially young kids make, like when I was in youth hockey was like the inefficiency of their footwork where it's like step, 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 instead of just like Step. Yeah, like smooth. Like smooth. So does that you mean know, that's the word I always try to say? Like just smooth. smooth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So does that mean that iron cross drill that old school D coaches love, where they're just <laughs> running on the ice? Oh, you mean that's stupid? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But like you think about it, like the more you cross over, the more strides you take. Like every time you cross over, that's an opportunity for the four to see that and change direction. And now you're hooped. Um, but the other thing that I see is like how high so many people skate mm. and they get no power in their stride because their knees aren't bent. And it's just, you know, their stride is very, very small because of it. And they have just no power. Right. So like it's the efficiency, but like you have to, like, I feel like I, I was always talking about play lower, play lower, play mm. lower, play lower. And um, I don't know, are those kind of two things that you see? in, in your, you know, studies of the game, I'm sure you watch, I know you watch a lot of NHL, um, hockey, but at the youth levels, do you see a lot of that as they get older? Do you see a lot of that? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think going back to the point of just, again, staying low and stable and then creating power, I think, um, and maybe that's where, you know, some like quote unquote undersized defensemen, you know, 
have that advantage because they are already kind of lower and they're they're able to change directions a little quicker and be more agile and um and i think uh being able to again to your to go back to rob shrem's point right he's looking at the toes of a defender to figure out how he can manipulate that so again if you're crossing over crossing over you're off balance even for for a split second um good forwards right they start recognizing those things as you move up in levels and um being able to again you you take that away from a forward of what they can look for because you're kind of balanced and you can go either direction based on what they're doing um where you're not going to get caught in that crossover where you're going to get exposed going the other way i think that's uh just such a important thing that i think you know again kids can watch the nhl and see how they you know watch their footwork and then then try and emulate that um at the younger ages Cool. I think it's I think it's so important and can't be understated enough what you said about the body control and how massively important yeah. body control is and being able to control your body means that you're going to move more efficiently. When you move more efficiently, you're instantly faster. Also, it takes less energy for every stride. So now you can play more minutes and have more control of your body because as games go on and you get more tired, you're you're more uh, uh, susceptible to making like bobbles and mistakes as you get more and more tired. So like being a more efficient mover helps you in so many different areas of the game, especially defensemen who are playing high minutes. And that's something mm -hmm. you do off the ice too, eh, Vex? Dude, this is like that. everything she's talking about is why I train guys the way <laughs> that I train them, right? Yeah. Like unilateral in nature, hitting all different angles, like opening up the hips and strengthening in those positions. Like if you're just standing in a squat rack all the time, you're not working on these types of things. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about like balance and stability and then it's like, well, yeah, add a puck on your stick. Like do you like underhandling the puck is, is a real art form and skill and if you're constantly off balance or whatever, like you're not going to be able to kind of just get that puck into your hip pocket and, and move it quickly. Right. Cause you've got to, you're so inefficient that you've got to kind of over stick handle or make that extra move. So like skating's the base for sure, but it's the trickle down effect of all the other skills, even just being able to scan the ice. Right. I know again, Jeff, like that's such a big part of what you do with training athletes and then players is just constantly scanning. And, and that's such a big piece of it. Massive. Hey, like, Oh, Getting Jeff excited right now, Gags. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like people don't focus on that off the ice either. <laughs> and it makes me so mad. I'm like, man, you're, you're training to be good at hockey. Like you can bring in these things pretty easily into the gym. Um, and more people need to, you instantly get better. I used to literally, I signed in the NHL and I'm looking down at the puck all the time until guys are like, uh, why don't you start shoulder checking? And I'm like, <laughs> you look around, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh man. All right. That, that makes the game a lot easier. <laughs> That's good. Well, you talk about one of the words you used a few different times and we kind of dabbled into a little bit with one of your answers, um, earlier, but just the word manipulate. Um, and you talked about taking away time and space and manipulating the ice to force kind of forwards where you want them to go. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for the coaches that are out there? Like how, as a defenseman, can you manipulate the ice to put yourself in a more advantageous, um, spot where you can defend in a lot of the different things that you were talking about before killing plays quickly and things like that? Yeah, I think like this is something I feel like isn't coached enough at the younger age groups, but how much you can dictate the play without the puck. 
um, and teaching that at younger ages too. And and so with that, I mean, um, again, say the other team, you know, they have someone coming down um, on a rush with the puck and like where you're at in relation to them, you know, come your defensive blue line and where your stick positioning is or whatever, like at all those moments, um, you're controlling a little bit of what that puck carrier is thinking and what they're thinking their options are. Um, just by, again, like we, you talked about like a good gap or something like that, like being within a stick length of the puck carrier by your defensive blue line is usually like a pretty solid gap. Obviously you could maybe do it sooner, but um, at the end of the day, I think if they get to your blue line and your stick on puck at that point, like that's a pretty good um, reference point there. But I think even going back to, you know, if again, your team's got possession, the ozone and okay, we lose possession. Now we're on defense. Like where you're at in relation to, to the puck carrier or the people off the puck, again, it's limiting if you can cause a split second of hesitation for the puck carrier to be like, what should I do next? That's, that's manipulating what they're thinking. That's making sure that they're now having to kind of second guess, like, Oh, is that lane there? Is it not like, can I beat this guy wide or can I not? Um, And so creating those little moments of hesitation uh, for the opponent is the best way you can kind of dictate the game in those moments where you're on defense um because again it not only forces them to hesitate or just make a you know maybe they'll make a safe play and just chip it in because they're not sure what to do next um but it also allows your teammates to recover and get back or whatever it is to them be in good positions to to win possession so I think being able to establish um you know taking away a lane um like maybe you give up, you're going to make it look like you're giving them the the outside, but you just, you take away the middle and then you take away the, you know, that lane. It's kind of, again, a little bit of a, a game of chess there where it's, I'll take away this option. So you want to go that way. And then I'll take that away too. Shafe used to always call that cat and mouse. Cat and mouse, yeah. Cat and mouse, like, you know, using your step to manipulate a certain lane and then boom, <laughs> you bait them, you bait them, you bait them, and then mm-hmm. stick on puck and uh and and hit and pin or however to to get the puck away from him and uh yeah i i I love that i think that's so like you talk about seamus casey gags so you've obviously watched a few of our games this year you've used his name a couple different times vex this guy this kid true freshman how he was a second round pick and not like a top i don't know 10 pick in the nhl draft it's insane he's so good he is so he's good. Stupid. And like, he's unbelievable offensively. And then like, you look at his defensive numbers and you're like, holy crap. And it's because he's so good at exactly what Gags is talking about. Like he can bait guys into exactly where he wants them to go. And then he's so good with his stick to close. And it's not even like he's that physical. He's right. just so smart with his stick and and so good with his skating. And he's just obviously really smart too. And uh, it is so fun. Like, if there's any defenseman out there and you have the chance to watch any Michigan hockey games, watch Seamus Casey play. It is unbelievable. How much of it is, is like, is it a lot of like he's influencing them and then his angles are just like so money and his stick just takes away everything and he just kills a play? Yeah, exactly what we were just talking about. Like, he is, is he's a great skater, number one. You know, when you talk about the efficiency of his skating, like he's a really efficient skater. Um, but he just like honestly talk about 
just hockey sense and hockey smarts. That's that's the gift that he has. That's the gift that he has and baiting people into different spots and just the angles that he takes to to get to defend quickly. Like it's special, man. It's so so cool because he's only he's not a big kid. I don't know exactly, maybe five ten or something like that. And uh, but wow. Yeah, and then I think, like, I even noticed watching some of his clips, like, and then when he does get the puck, it's those little head fakes, shoulder fakes, little weight shifts, and he's not necessarily, I mean, he has, you know, I know there's that one goalie score, he basically took it uh, end-to-end and and nice goal there, I think it was a frozen four, but, uh, like, even just, again, just being able to create a little deception on a retrieval to to just open up that that pass you want or that play you want. And or he's in the neutral zone and just a little bit of a weight shift and, um, you know, a look off and you just get the four checker to move their stick just at the moment that you want it. And it opens up that passing lane. So, again, I think um, defensively without the puck and then, you know, manipulating four checkers and things like that when you do have the puck. Yeah, he's special. <laughs> he's special. Well, let's let's get into that now. We talked a lot about like defending and, and work away from the puck defensively. Let's get into the offensive side when we have the puck. And like as you guys know, if you can break a puck out, there's a spot for you on any team <laughs> as a defenseman. It's such like a simple thing, but if you can get the puck to your forwards and not turn pucks over in your own zone, people coaches will absolutely love you. And so you talk about deception being important as it relates to, to that. I feel like the word deception is thrown a lot around a lot without a lot of substance to it. The mm-hmm. like, coaches will tell defensemen, use some deception on the breakout. And that's about it. <laughs> so like, w- w- let's break that down a little bit. Like as a defenseman, you're going back to go get a puck. Um, what are some reads that you're trying to make? What are you what are you kind of focusing on as, as you're going back? And then with that, like, how do you use deception? What are some different things that you can do to throw that in there um, to, to help make it play that you want to play? Yeah. I think one thing I've just been kind of really honing in on a little bit is like the different types of retrievals. So obviously like they could just chip it behind you and you go get it on your strong side. But I think the more I watch, the more it's, you know, the strong side D is having their good gap and they're forcing a play. So it's getting chipped behind them. And then you're the weak side D and you're coming across and that's the retrieval. And and so I, I just keep noticing that more and more that, um, you know, as a weak side D, like you can't just be waiting and watching, like you're anticipating maybe a, a dump in and then you're coming across to your offside and, and picking up that puck. So one, I think that's just an important skill to practice is being able to kind of, again, that that footwork and that route to pick up a puck. Um, and obviously shoulder checking, scanning, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, multiple times as, as you're doing that. Um, but I think too, like we talk about deception and everyone sees like the highlights of Kale McCarr every so often, you know, every couple of weeks, you feel like you see like a shake and bake and um he breaks some people's ankles breaking the puck out but so many of the plays are just little bump plays like even a Macar, like they're just a little bump to your d partner or bump to the center and um and maybe there is a little bit of that deception so when you're coming back to get a puck right you're you're looking like you're gonna maybe go up the strong side wall and then get the four checker to bite just a little bit that way and then it's a little bump to your d partner um you know towards the net and they're wheeling out the weak side so Kind of the the more I notice and kind of watch at the higher levels, the more you see that it's um, not necessarily like 
the D going back to get the puck. That's that's you're going to skate around the, you know, you're going to make a move and, and skate past the four checker, the first four checker. It's um, just bringing, you know, bringing that four checker in almost kind of like bringing them in with you um, and then a quick bump out. So it's it's not just on the player going to get the puck, like the people off the puck are, are almost more important on retrieval, like having those outs. Um, those players are really the ones that kind of make the the breakout possible, at least the breakout under pressure. I think to your point, like making that good first pass when you've got full possession and, and you're looking up ice or whatever, I think is 100%. That's the most important thing, being able to make a clean outlet. But I think even before you get to that, um, it's, you know, you got to work it. Is that like D pair or, you know, your center group of three, whatever it is to, to have those outs right away and, and be able to, to, again, it's, it's taking a puck in a really high pressure swarming situation. And how do you get it? How do you move it in a positive way to a place in the ice where there's a little less pressure? Well, you mentioned the word pressure there. And, and I think that's a huge part of like the development piece of it is like, understanding and recognizing how much pressure you're under and then what are your options in those situations right like if you're if you don't have any pressure on you you could probably take the puck you want to change sides probably to to spread the mm-hmm. the four checkers out maybe open up the middle of the ice and you have a little bit of time to maybe use the net and skate but <laughs> yeah there's not that many of those like the more, I want, <laughs> exactly. the more again, the teams will dump it and change and you've got time and so there is those moments, but so many times it's they're chipping a puck below your goal line and they're establishing their, you know, one, two, two or two, one, two, four check. And, and they're on you. Good luck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and I think too, like sometimes too, and I noticed I had a, not to keep going back to like your Michigan players, but I just happened to be like watching video over the last couple of weeks of some of them. And like, like Luke Hughes did a good job of just like, he won't skate full speed back to a puck sometimes. Sometimes he'll just like slow up let the guy come into him, bring the guy with him to like below the goal line. And then it's like a rim out or whatever, just a soft chip to his D partner. And um, I think at the younger ages too, it's, it's kind of, it's a little hard to teach that at times. Cause just younger, you want to just move fast and, you know, play fast, play fast. But, but sometimes it's uh, just being able to invite in that pressure a little bit and be comfortable with absorbing that contact a little. Um because you're drawing that first four checker, you know, into a spot where, where they're not going to be able to do much once you kind of bump it past them or, you know, rim puck or whatever. So I think um, that's definitely a skill I think that could be kind of worked in at the younger ages. Or I just think to your point, like practicing breakouts with a lot of pressure, like getting kids used to that um, in a lot of different ways. And, and I think having forwards do it too, right? Forwards should practice what it's like to to be going to retrieve a puck as a defenseman so that they can understand what it's like when they're forechecking a defenseman, right? You know, again, kind of that mindset of, okay, now I know what they're looking for, so I can manipulate it a little bit more. And also just like when you take a couple reps at D and you're like, holy shit, this is actually really hard picking it up yeah. off the back wall and then trying to get it to the winger. So when you go do that, you're like, okay, I'll come a little deeper. So it's a little bit easier pass for you guys. <laughs> I get it now. That kind of sucks. But I wanted to talk about how you said like, you know, some D metal, like if, if the four checker is coming in hot or it's like a guy who's way bigger and way stronger than them. And if they create too much separation, like they might get trucked through the back wall is a, you know, a smart play is like actually slowing down 
mm-hmm. losing losing that gap so they get closer to you and kind of leaning against them so you can go on the board safely and then roll out or just pop it through your legs and your d partner is there but i have a hilarious story about that i think i probably told this years ago on the, this podcast but you you uh, were the defenseman that got invited in, invited the person in right That's no 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, so I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to call anybody out here. He would probably tell the story anyways. But um, my buddy was playing for Babcock and playing with Nicholas Lidstrom and Lidstrom did that. And this was like it was probably early 2000s, I would guess. And uh, so he like went slowly into the boards, leaning against the four checker, like bringing him to the boards very slowly and then kind of protected the puck. There was a battle on the boards and Lidstrom like came out past it and they broke out. And I guess Babcock comes in between periods and starts screaming at Lidstrom in front of everybody. Would you be in a whip? Like, what are you doing? Why don't you race to the puck and rip, rip it? And he, and I guess he was just like, did you see who came out with the puck? Did you see that I didn't get hit hard? And Babcock was kind of like taken back. And he was like, that's the right answer. I want everybody to start doing that. Like, that was what day. we want to do. And, and Lidstrom was just like, yeah, like, uh, you know, I'm Nick Lidstrom. And, and like from then on, like it kind of became a thing that guys started to do in that specific situation, you and, know? And so not only, not only are you able to, you know, like shake the defender and, and make a play up the ice, but then you can beat that defender up the ice as well. Cause now right. you've established that kind of body positioning. And again, what's everybody teaching? Get up in the rush right you want four you want five up in the rush like let's go and so using you know that type of um tactics let's call it uh the lidstrom <laughs> you're inviting that person in and then kind of spinning off or doing whatever you're doing now now you can really beat that person up the ice oh, i think it's really important you know and like Alyssa said too is like practicing this and practicing it a lot because you know my first two years being retired from playing I coached U eighteen and then U sixteen, and like man, the amount of kids that would get run through the boards from behind uh, for our team, you know, our guys doing it to the other team because D men like they didn't go into the boards safely, they didn't think about protecting themselves, they didn't have a plan, they didn't like take some kind of angle to then a get out of there and be able to make a play. Like they're just skating straight at the boards with their stick facing forward. Like it's going to stab them through their stomach. Like what play are you making? Like you, you, the only play you have is a forehand rim. That's it. And you're probably going to get smoked from behind like that. Like, like, so, you know, teaching kids, coaches teach kids all these different ways, you know, go in first, but go in slowly, try to get there first, you know, beat the guy with speed, you know, go in slowly, shake him right before you get to the puck, you know, let that forward beat you there. Then you hit him, take the puck and go like, try all different things and make them take, take reps at it. Cause I just saw like so many kids get injured or put themselves in positions to get injured. And like that, you know, upset me quite a bit, <laughs> especially reps under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think to your point, pressure. like, yeah, it's like, if they've been comfortable just skating full speed back to a puck their whole lives, you know, like it's going to be that like where they're, they're just not used to it. So I think just that's, I think that's the responsibility of like us as coaches is to like, make sure that that's built into a drill or rep, or even if you got to slow it down to really kind of like feel it out and then, you know, make sure it's, it's kind of in a, a drill or a game or whatever it is. But um, I think those things that 
aren't natural because of, you know, they just haven't learned it yet, or they're just not comfortable with it. Um, being able to really kind of build that in so that um, it does become automatic. It becomes kind of just a habit where, where they can make that read of, Hey, I'm going to slow up now um, because I know the, where the pressure is coming from and I, it's a better play. Right. And I think kind of being able to differentiate those two things. Love it. Love it. Well, Gags, I want to go back to another thing that you were talking about earlier and that was like the weak side D going to retrieve pucks when that strong side defenseman is stepping up on on the rush. And I think that's one thing that as coaches we can do a better job of is like hockey is a game of transition where you're going from defense to offense constantly based on who has the puck. And um, you know, you like it's not just breakouts, it's a return to D zone breakout, or it's a rush, like defending the rush to breakout, right? Because you're talking in, in your instance, you're talking about, you know, the weak side guy is probably squeezing the middle driver as the middle driver is, is, you know, mm-hmm. skating towards the net and then it's a chip. And then that D's got to beat that person to the puck. So you're making it like more like a game type situation where I feel like a lot of times, especially at the youth levels in practice, it's like, okay, we're just going to dump a puck in and players are going to be where we put them, <laughs> in just some arbitrary place and it's like okay we're just going to focus on the breakout well how are we getting into the spots for the breakout let's put them in game-like situations where it it's going to kind of look like this in a game and then they'll use whatever skills habits depending on again how much pressure the person can get on on the defenseman we're talking about how good is the puck placement from the forward (laughs) because it's going to be chipped into different spots at all different times and just that that like the different backwards to forwards, offense to defense, defense to offense. Like, I just feel like that's really important too. Do you agree? Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I think too, like, just like you said, with the the drills, like we've all been, like, we've all done it where you just kind of do something with no pressure just to feel it out and stuff. But I just, um, I just think the read is, is so important. Like the read is how you make your decision of what you're going to do. And, um, yeah, I think being able to, to kind of design some stuff where it's those game situations and, and just kind of mimicking those. And um, and I think being able to kind of do, uh, you know, back-to-back reps so you're kind of feeling it out. It's actually a I, – I stole it from basketball, but it's called like bursts, burst drills, like B-U-R-S-T-S. And uh, it's just like where you go for like 30, you know, a certain amount of time, say 30 seconds, and you're just like constantly getting like reps back to back to back of something. Um, so it's kind of increasing the time on task, but it's also, you're still getting where you've got to make reads. Like, so if it's like, you know, chip a puck in, there's a four check pressure, you've got to like escape one way or the other, and then you make the breakout pass and then it gets chipped right back in. And you repeat that, you know, up, for time or four or five reps or whatever, so that you're getting to make those adjustments in real time. Like if you didn't do a good fake and, you know, didn't really beat the four checker, um, you get to do it again right away versus having to like, okay, wait in the back of the line. And then you get your turn, you know, after a few more people have gone. So that's something that we experimented with a little bit with this year with, you know, one-on-ones or breakouts or things like that. And and I think the players liked it too, because it was like, you had to make the adjustments on the fly. Like you're getting another rep for, um, back to back to back. So the science behind that, if we're talking about from like a methodological methodological, there we go, perspective is like you're you're Cornell, huh? <laughs> you're like you're self-correcting. And yeah. and and you're just kind of seeing different scenarios quickly, 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 quickly. And it's almost like the muscle memory is coming through just like having to to learn it 
by yourself by being yep and just make those kind of like adjustments like right away versus again you get one rep and then you you know there's 5d ahead of you until you're going to get to go again and and whatever so i think there's you know those are just that's kind of one example but just being able to again it's all about reading pressure feeling pressure and then being able to work on some of those skills whether it's a little deception with you know turning your feet one way and then going the other and spinning off and or like Jeff, you mentioned, like being able to pull the puck off the boards, right? Like that is such a hard skill that I think we take for granted when we watch NHL guys as they make it look so incredibly easy to, you know, <laughs> pick up a rimmed puck on their backhand, pull to their forehand and make a pass. Like just not how it happens for 99% of the population. But again, it's like we can build those in at younger ages. Um, so it is a little bit more natural as they move up. Connie Moreau had a really hard time in D2 pulling that puck off the wall. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was stuck, and the Icelander guys are coming after her. She couldn't get the puck off the wall. I was like, there's no one on you, Connie. What are you doing? That always she made wasn't me. shoulder checking enough. She wasn't. That part always made me and Muncie so angry. We're like, there's nobody even forechecking her. She's like, not using her stick. <laughs> The hell's going on here? Disney? That's when Dwayne. That's when Dwayne gets the uh, yeah, penalty for roping, day. right? Two minutes for roping. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's seen D two knows the inflection. <laughs> it's so true, though. Taking a puck off the wall, we do so many rim things at Michigan, like, and it is a it like guys aren't good at it. Like some hard. are, like, some are, but there's a lot that really need a lot, especially picking it up on your back end. That's where Luke Hughes mm. like, every time you could, you could fire one a hundred miles an hour in like a rim around, uh, like around the, the corner to him up at the point. Um, and he played a lot, um, at different situations on his offside. So he was kind of had to pick up that rim on his forehand and he would take it. And I hadn't seen much of this before, but he did a really good job and like, some of my other guys did it too. Is like he would actually come down angle and pick up the rim coming out towards the blue line and then like cut towards the middle of the ice rather than taking because most people, when they take the rim in the offensive zone as a defenseman, you're just going right back into the corner. Yeah. But he would like use some deception and take that puck on his backhand and actually come back up towards the blue line, which is a little risky, but like so he's skating away from where the guys are kind of pressure so he's given himself like a little bit of like they're obviously chasing him right but yeah. you're saying he's skating towards the neutral zone yes like kind of trying to create a little bit of a gap and it's probably easier to catch the puck that way yeah yeah wow ew and he too he's so ew. good man. i mean his reason why he's fourth overall um but like yeah it was really cool to see and from a development perspective from my own learning it was just really cool to see a different way of somebody doing things and teaching it and um yeah like he was he was nasty at it was no yeah, Conor he was no kind of guys in nhl level like mcavoy picked up one the other day and it was just so it was all in one motion you know i think that's the biggest thing at, at that level like guys just make those really difficult movements all like one motion it's not stop the puck get it's it, pull it, get it support. it's just like pull move move the puck you know like i just think that's uh I mean, that's what you want to try and build. And like, yeah, I'm sure you guys start a bunch of drills with like rimmed pucks and stuff like that. Just cause it's like, why wouldn't you like build in those reps and, and be able to like, I almost feel like we should start every drill with some kind of rim, you know, wall play puck, because it's just like, that's where, that's where plays start no matter where you're at in the zone. Right. Like, unless you win a centerized face off, like pucks aren't starting really inside the dots and then he, in many battles on the ice. So I think being able to kind of just get really comfortable with that as a defenseman and, 
and be really proficient at it on both sides would, would be such a game changer. Yeah. Like for all the coaches that are out there listening, like if you look at a heat map of a game, it's very red around the walls. <laughs> very lot, red. That the puck is along the walls. I, I don't remember what the percentages actually are, but like it's along the walls for a very significant part of the game. And so if you're doing drills where people are having to pick pucks up off the walls, obviously battles, a lot of them are along the walls and stuff like that too. It just, uh, it's really good for the development of the players for sure. Um, okay, Gags, I got kind of one more thing that I want to talk to you about as it relates to like the just defense development, and that is the blue line on the offensive blue line, um, because it is changing how teams are playing in the ozone now, but still there's a lot of low to high <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a lot of defense having to make different reads, make different plays when they do get the puck up at the blue line. So, you know, maybe, maybe as you're working with your players, whether it's at Newman or whether it's Maine and the coast and the pro guys, like what are some little things that you do with them? What are some little drills that you do with them that can help them with their blue line play with the puck? Yeah. I think one of the big things is just making sure that, you know, you, you give them some different looks on the blue line. Like again, just, the situation of low to high, right? Every D at the end of practice practices a million, you know, like point shots and things like that. But I think it's, you know, I think the ones where you get it low to high and like walking all the way to middle ice aren't always realistic, maybe power play or something, but you're, you're not really having a lot of time most of the time to, to get a shot off or just make a decision. Like a winger's coming to pressure you pretty hard, right? Every time, no matter what level. And, um, I think the the guys that have a lot of success or the players that have a lot of success are, are able to have the poise one when they get the puck and they're under high pressure coming, you know, a lot of pressure coming at them on the blue line. And two, um, just being able to kind of handle that puck, get on your forehand right away and make a decision and just get a puck through. Sometimes I think the most effective plays um, that you see at the higher levels, they're not these you know, five hard steps off the wall, whatever. It's just like one quick step. They open their, you know, hips and, and they're not even um, necessarily getting full power behind their shot, but it's just a quick release um, that gets past the winger that's coming out to, or the forward that's coming out to pressure them. And so it's being able to get that puck through um, uh, and get it to the net. You know, usually you're not trying to score. You're just trying to get it through for a tip, a screen, a rebound, whatever it is. And, um, just get it back down into to that uh, that spot. So I think being able to one before you even get that puck low to high, like you've taken a look, um, you know where the pressure is coming from. You know if you're gonna have like is your D to, is your D partner gonna be an option? Is that an out? Are you gonna have to rim it back down below the goal line? You know, depending. So I think one being able to take a look before that puck even gets to you of what your outs might be. Do you have a shot lane? Do you not? Um, and then being able to to just control it right away so you have multiple outs I think that's the best thing that you know the best defensemen do is they get a puck on the blue line and um they can threaten shot they can threaten pass they can always just you know the the safe play of you get a puck back down low right and let the forwards go back to work so I think um that comes with one like the footwork to the poise and three I think being able to um, it's not always a perfect forehand to forehand pass up to the point. Right. So I think we, we practice a lot where it's like tough pucks to pick up and you've got to get it to your forehand right away, whether it's you throw it in their feet, you throw it on the backhand, you rim it um, and being able to to collect that puck and, and do so with poised head up and, and be able to make that next play, whether it's to the net or to your D partner down low. 
Love that. One of the things I'll I'll ask you about too to just kind of elaborate further, um, because I do think it's really important is the footwork aspect of of being able to play up at the point. What are some little habits? What are some little tricks of the trade that you do with your defensemen in working on their footwork at uh, the blue line? Yeah, I think just being able to to one get off the wall just a little bit. So I think again, just repping out like controlling the puck and taking that one or two hard steps off the wall. Um, and then I think too, like getting your hips around it, like, you know, you see a Mohawk a lot with, uh, offensive players and stuff like that, but it's kind of the same thing with the defenseman up at the blue line. Like sometimes you just got to like be on both your inside edges and you're just getting your hips around that puck and, and releasing it, whether you have, you know, full power or not. I think, um, being able to take shots off balance as well. Um, is a really important skill. So we, you know, we talked about balance is important, but I think being able to have enough body control to also um, take those awkward shots that, again, you just sometimes you just got to get it through or just get it back down or to you know, a spot where it's a, an opportunity to um, make the next play. And so I think that's that's so important. And, um, and you know, kind of the skating, right? Like the, the being able to rotate and, um, you know, drag a puck to the middle so you can bring, you know, um, a forward can come up high or whatever it may be. Like, it's it's also important being able to do it um, on both sides of the ice and then being able to have the footwork and the puck skills um, while keeping your head up to, to make it work. I love keeping that. Keeping your head up, Vex. So important. <laughs> yeah. your head up. And guys, girls, coaches, everybody out there practice with your damn head up it's really hard when you do it when you're younger but if you don't do it when you're younger it'll be impossible almost to do it when you're older so it's like you know you can do this in the gym you can do this in life street hockey like whatever in practice always be yelling always making sure they've got their head up like force them they're going to want to look down because our so brains Timo Meyer getting trucked by Jacob Truba, right? Like <laughs> our brains want to do, th- make things easier for us. So they're going to look down and they're going to forget about it. So you got to be constantly reminding them, keep your head up, keep your head up. If you turn the puck over in practice, you lose a puck walk in the blue line, but your head is up. Like you're never going to learn. If you don't try, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to, it's everything. And what was the yeah. first thing that Gag said? It was take a look. Right. Right. <laughs> take a look at what your options are going to be. Where's that where's that winger at? Where's my defense partner? Where's the where's the pressure coming from? Like the skills another, don't really matter if you can't make the read. <laughs> right. Another thing too is a guy who played in front of the net a lot as a forward. Like I hated when I would work my ass off to get to the front of the net and I'm getting basically murdered and raped in front of the net and a d-man takes a 17 minute wind up and gets the slap shot blocked (laughs) while my back is just being shattered into 11 pieces from cross checks like guys getting the puck through is so much more important than having the hardest shot you've ever shot like getting it through quick is way more important like just get it through you see somebody in front with traffic get it through because even if it's if it's a little bit less hard and it's a wrister like a quick wrister it's way easier to tip in front it's way easier to move and screen and rotate like a moving 
pick screen on the goalie to where like you don't even try to touch the puck. You just try to let it like come at you and then you roll your body around and the goalie can't see the puck at all. And if it does hit him, the, the because it's not an absolute missile that's just going to shoot up into the glass, it's going to drop right in front of the crease. And now it's like, who's hungry? Who wants that puck for the, for, you know, to, to try and get it to the corner or are you going to try and bury it? So quickness is really, really important on your shot up there. Not, not just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Zidane Chara this thing. Yeah. And I think too, like going back to the the head up and making the read, right? Like it's also just, again, the puck comes low to high and it's not like having already made up your mind sometimes, like sometimes you have to wait to like let things develop a little bit. And again, that's where you see the good defenseman, right. Can kind of do the shimmy shake and, and move out of the, the lane and create a new lane for themselves or whatever it may be. But um, I think a lot of kids it's get it head down. I'm shooting no matter what I'm shooting. Right. They told me to shoot. I'm going to shoot and, or, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's, you know, being able to take that look before you get the puck. And then when you do get the puck, right. It's the situation maybe has changed a little bit and you've got to be able to have the mobility on the offensive blue line or, or just the be able to move that puck quick, right. Whether it's a D to D pass or, or just getting that shot off. So I think, um, it's not being so set on what your decision is going to be, but knowing your options, but, but still making that read and, and adjusting, you know, your, your skating and your footwork accordingly. We always used to say guidelines, not gospel. Yeah. Guidelines, Ooh. not gospel. It was not big. Black and like, white, a lot of gray area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can, as a coach, you can say, Hey, we want to, you know, whatever we want to deliver pucks quick, but sometimes that's not the right <laughs> play. And so it's like, okay, this is kind of the theme of what we want to do. But at the end of the day, you got to be a hockey player too, and you got to make reads. And so, um, because most kids want to please. So whatever the coach says, they're just Mm -hmm. going to do it every time, every time, every time, every time. So it's like guidelines, not gospel. Guidelines, not gospel. I like like that. So uh, awesome. Gags, this is great. Vax, what do you think? This was awesome. Yeah, Gags, badass. That was was awesome episode. Yeah, appreciate (laughs) you guys having me on. Fun to to talk about this stuff. I've watched the... I think more video this year in my life than I have in my hat than I have my like whole life combined. And I watched like video, like I was always like a student of the game, but like um, between Newman and Maine and, and I was doing a scouting mentorship with the Bruins. Like I've watched a, a lot of video, a lot of hockey and, um, but it's good. I've loved it. And I feel like I've learned a lot and um, yeah, like watching the defenseman at Michigan there, Tove and um, a lot of cool stuff going on with the, the kind of new, you know, next wave of players coming through. Yeah, it's going to be very fun um, just kind of like seeing the game evolve. And it's it's getting to a point where people are starting to be, not starting to be, but people are open for defensemen playing in a much different way than they did five, ten years ago. And uh, I think it's a big part of the reason why you're seeing goals up so much is just because it's hard to defend when when you have to defend five uh, rather than defending just maybe three and then two inside of his own or you know yeah. especially on a rush now if you don't back check you're screwed because it's going to be an on band rush whereas before you know the d were just kind of told to come up and stay at the blue line well nope not anymore now on the rush they might be leading the rush or they might be drive to be in the middle drive guy um on, on transition or stuff like that so uh, actually the goal that we scored uh, to get to the frozen four 
was uh, Seamus Casey. It was in overtime against Penn State. Seamus Casey had the puck, and he brought it to the middle, kicked it. He's the one that drove the net, and uh, and Mackie Samuskevich uh, scored on uh, on a wrist shot on the rush. And so, like, had Seamus Casey, our defenseman, not driven the net, that probably doesn't yeah, end up in the back of the net. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Um, interesting stuff. Well, Gags, this was awesome. I think uh, a lot of coaches are going to get a lot of really good things out of this that they can use with their players as they go through the process of, of practice or skill sessions or whatever it may be. So appreciate your time and uh, we will be seeing you around soon. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Woo.